0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the PFN Scouting Podcast. And today is Thursday, which means there's a college football game. That means that is Florida versus Utah. We're going to get into all of the kind of prospect previews, prospect versus prospect, in this weekly week one preview. But we want to get Florida and Utah out of the way. Utah offensive tackle. It's
1: a t- you were Satoa. so confident I was before. so confident, oh, and then we gosh. get
0: into here, and I forget. <laughs> oh, man, I just made funny of Jess yesterday on the Cowboys <laughs> podcast about this.
1: Satawa LaMaea. Satawa. There
0: Satoa. we go. Satawa LaMaea. <laughs> Satawa and Florida Edge, Princely, you. I'm not even going to attempt to say his name, but that's the the main matchup that I'm looking for in that game. And then we have Florida running back, Montrell Johnson versus Utah safety, Cole Bishop. Bishop is a Florida good wide. Yeah,
1: he's one to watch. Yeah. Miles yes, Battle, very good a player. corner as well. So Utah's got talent.
0: I've actually watched a, a little bit of Cole Bishop, and he's kind of the the type of safety that I really enjoy to watch. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a good one to, to check out. And then Florida wide receiver Ricky Parasol, um versus Utah Corners, zamaya Vaughn and Miles Battle.
1: Absolutely. But – the listeners out there, real quick, you need to understand we sent we spent at least a full minute before recording, <laughs> like going through those names. Like, all right, just making sure we got the pronunciation down and then oh man. The, when it's
0: the, the morning came, mm. I, just, I got uh, <laughs> under pressure. I folded under pressure. <laughs> but uh no, listen, I, I got to ask, as always, Ian, how are you doing today? Doing good.
1: Yeah, it's been a busy week for sure on the draft side. I mean, I, you obviously know we've had, we, we got to finish this mock draft we got. We got a fun one where we're kind of breaking it up by round. uh We got a, our big boards, initial personal big boards coming out. So that's going to be fun. Uh, and then just more scouting reports more grading so week one is here we've been going off of 2022 tape for so long through the entire summer now we're gonna have new tape it's always it's a new wave of discovery which is always fun you know that's how i like to look at it so we're gonna have a lot of fun things coming up but week one to start and uh yeah we we previewed the team matchups last week after talking about some of the sleeper quarterbacks in the class real quick Jaden daniels Jalen daniels kj jefferson um, you know, Will Howard, a few others. I think Cameron Ward was in that group, too. So you yes. want to listen in on the quarterbacks. We've got a few episodes out now uh, talking about that position. But now we are getting into the nitty gritty, the team matchups, the prospect matchups for week one. And uh, it's, it's a fun it's a fun week. What are the top games we have on deck here, dog?
0: Well, listen, we say it's a fun week, but there was a group message in Slack, our work <laughs> Slack, with Adam Beasley, who is the NFL director uh poo-pooing on week one of the college football season. And I just want to share this for everybody involved. Um he's wrong and we hate him for it. Uh and and he, he sent it to all of the wrong people. He sent it to to we sent it Cf- to Cam and Cfn. Ollie he because he sent Cfn it to Cfn, and Their entire their entire thing is college football. They eat, <laughs> sleep and breathe college football. And then they sent it to the draft guys too. So just the wrong audience to say that to but we have Clemson Duke on Monday night. We have Florida State and LSU on Saturday night, correct?
1: Yeah, uh, Sunday night.
0: Sunday night. And North Carolina, South Carolina is Saturday Saturday night. night. That's right. That's right. Those two are at
1: 730, and then I believe Duke and Clemson is at 8 on Monday. So
0: Yeah, we wanted to bring up Florida and Utah very quickly because that is going to be played today on Thursday. So... Let's get into it and we'll, we'll start off. Um, let's start off with the, the, let's go by day by day here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's We, we have it a little it's messed a up here. Monday through, yeah. So we're going to go with the Saturday game, Saturday night, the game that I think I'm most excited about because it has the quarterback battle and, and quarterbacks don't play one another, but I love this matchup between Drake may and Spencer Rattler. You have somebody who was the number one recruit in the nation um a 100 on the recruiting sites and uh now he's kind of fighting a, a battle to be kind of a a, a day 3ish guy at the, in the NFL draft and if he has a great year if he shows that he has grown from the mental side of things I think Spencer Rattler can go a long way but Drake may now is the guy who is is looked at as a possible first overall pick going into the season and we know that a lot of things can change but Drake May seems like the entire package.
1: Yeah, for sure he is. I mean, he's we talked about him so many podcasts ago, you know, that top quarterback group. I mean, it's it's a lot closer than the consensus would lead you to believe between him and Caleb Williams. Like Caleb Williams is, is incredible, right? Let's not gloss over that fact. He is an, a, an incredible quarterback prospect and his showing in week one. Uh, was kind of evident of that but at the same time you look at drake may he's got all the physical talent he's got the off-platform ability the athleticism the arm talent arm strength um the layering ability as well one of the special traits in his in his compartment i think so everything is there for him he really just needs to keep refining a little bit more on the mechanical side and i think we're gonna need to see if he can show that growth this week and it's a really interesting dichotomy between him and rattler because you mentioned rattler used to have those expectations right You know, there was a time where, you know, those preseason summer mock drafts had him and Sam Howell going one and two, right? Crazy how that aged, right? Not super well it just goes to show you how little we know even at this stage in the process there's so many different variables and that's kind of the fun part about rattler's evaluation is that he did start to pick things up a little bit more down the stretch last year if he can carry that positive trajectory uh this this week against north carolina a defense that lost tony grimes and storm duck to the transfer portal right so that corner room is hurting a little bit you've got a versatile safety and deandre boykins in the secondary but i think Antoine Wells, Trey Knox, you've got the weapons to potentially exploit that. So it's going to be an opportunity for Rattler to kind of stack that forward momentum. And I'm excited to see what he can do there on the other side with Drake May you have a South Carolina defensive line that does have some talent. Tonka Hemingway on the interior is a long, explosive, powerful defensive tackle who could have his time to shine with Zach Pickens moving on to the NFL. We've got Jordan Strachan. They did lose Jordan Birch to Oregon in the transfer portal, but Jordan Strachan has length. He's got good power as well, good force in his hands. And then uh, Drew Tuazama, a transfer they got late in the process from UAB is another guy who's around six, five over two sixty, So big guy with length, with good athleticism. So, you know, some of these guys have those traits and I'm, I'm excited to see what may can do because mechanically, you know, we mentioned he's got a little bit more room to refine his game there. And then you mentioned as well. I remember when we were talking about him, he can drift into pressure sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, being more disciplined with his positioning in the pocket is going to be big against an sec defensive line that has that natural raw talent. So, a big test for both these guys they got things to prove on each side and you know i for one thing it's going to be a phenomenal showcase
0: for me I, I think the biggest thing i'm looking for is with antoine wells and and trey knox especially I, I think those two guys could really help out their nfl draft prospects uh in this upcoming season because i think both of them are very much supremely talented physically if they can kind of i i think for wells there's less that I'm worried about going forward with him. He kind of reminds me a, a little bit of a melding together of somebody like Debo Samuel, who was obviously a, a South Carolina great and Brian Edwards, who a lot of people really liked coming out and then just never kind of had it at the NFL level. I think that he is a little bit more explosive than Brian Edwards ever was. I think that he is more creative uh, than Edwards. I don't think that he's as good after the catch as Debo is. Debo's the probably the best in the NFL at it but I think that he is a nice mixture of both of those players. I think he's a very good uh, technical route runner that could be a little bit better, a little bit smoother at it, but he uses his frame incredibly well, and I'm very excited about Trey Knox just because we don't see a lot of tight ends produce at a high level in college football. I think that in this offense with that quarterback, the middle of the field presence for Knox especially with the athlete that he is, could be really big for that team.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be fun to see because he's going to draw a number of different matchups, too. Like we mm-hmm. we wrote it down on the matchup sheet uh, when he's attacking the middle of the field. He's going to be going against Cedric Gray, potentially, that linebacker from North Carolina who you know is around 6'2", over 230. He's got that size athleticism combination. I think one of my favorite linebackers when it comes to attacking gaps. I mean, he's very good at shooting downhill. Uh, what you want to see from him is the refinement and coverage. He definitely has the natural coverage mobility, and that that much is clear. I mean, he's fluid. He's explosive, really nimble and light on his feet, uh, and he can make plays, too, when the ball comes his way. So he'll be a guy to watch going up against him. He's got the size, and then again, DeAndre Boykins. We mentioned him earlier, uh, another versatile, productive safety who could match up with Knox if he gets into space a little bit more. So we'll see, uh, but that's going to be a fun one. On the other side, I got you know Nate McCollum, wide receiver, Transferred over from Georgia Tech to North Carolina. We wanted to see Devontae Walker, uh, the Kent State transfer. Or I, think it was, I think it was Kent State, either Toledo or Kent State. Uh, but he transferred over from the MAC. Um, his waiver has not been granted by the NCAA, as as far as I've known at this point. Uh, last I checked, which was around yesterday, we didn't have an update there. So was hoping we'd get that. You know, he kind of – I think he deserves it. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But as of now, I don't think he's playing in week one. But he's an explosive player. If he can't go – Nate McCollum from Georgia Tech is a guy to watch, uh, especially with Josh Downs moving to the NCAA, to the NFL. Uh, Josh Downs was that five nine, you know, one seventy five, one eighty pound guy. You know, undersized, but just an absolute dynamo, uh, versatile as well. McCollum isn't quite as explosive or athletic as Downs was. That's a high bar to clear Downs was a phenomenal athlete. But McCollum is a guy who can separate from the slot. He's got a a lot of toughness for his size over the middle of the field. He can kind of keep the chains moving. So, you know, I think he's going to be relied on early and often to be that volume slot receiver for North Carolina. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot of targets in this one.
0: All right, let's move on to Sunday night. I think my favorite matchup of week one of the college football season, that is Florida state versus LSU. We have the quarterback battle, obviously between Jordan Travis and Jane Daniels, somebody that I love with all of my heart, Jane Daniels, somebody who is going to be a first round player at the end of this year, uh, Jane Daniels. And then Jordan Travis, who has a lot of hype, somebody who Mm -hmm. you really like, Um, obviously again, These quarterbacks aren't going to be playing against one another, but we know quarterbacks run the narrative in college football and in the NFL. So who do you think out of these two will have the edge after this game, not in the NFL draft sphere, but who's going to perform better? Who has the tougher task offense versus defense in this game?
1: Man, it's a, it's a tough question because I think both of them are going to kind of have their work cut out for them here. LSU's defensive line and Florida State's defensive line. I mean, together, those are two of the best front units in the entire NCAA. I mean, Florida State... Obviously has Jared Verse coming back, who would have been a first round pick had he declared last year. He's the top 10 player on my board. Uh, super explosive, twitchy, surgical hands. I mean, the book has been written on him. You know, you can go back and I think we talked about some of our top non-QBs in another podcast, but we waxed lyrical about him there. So he's got the ability. But beyond him, too, Patrick Payton on the other side. Very bendy rusher. Uh, Fabian Lovett coming back for another year. He had a lot of senior bowl hype, uh, but he chose to return. He's a big bodied guy at the on the interior who can play one technique or three technique. He's got good explosiveness, good power, good shock in his hands, but he can also encumber gaps, peak and shed, right? And then you got Braden Fisk coming from Western Michigan, who's just a hyperactive, violent rusher who can kind of be that disruptor alongside Lovett. So Florida State's got a really good defensive line. But then on the other side, too, LSU, Mason Smith, again, one of our top non-QBs, who's just you know incredibly versatile, incredibly disruptive with his raw athletic tools. You've got Paris Shand coming from Arizona, uh, Makai Wingo, right? So, and then Ovia Agufo, edge rusher from Texas. They have a lot of talent too. So, you know, it, it, both of these quarterbacks are going to be tested in what they do best, which is creating under pressure, which is creating with your athleticism and and doing things off script, right? So I think that's gonna be a fun matchup to see how they withstand that pressure because they are gonna have a lot of big athletic and you know aggressive guys coming at them in the pass rushing phase. So that'll be the the matchup that I'm looking forward to as as to who gets out of it cleaner. I don't really know. It's gonna be tough. Uh, I think LSU. Has a little bit better matchup from a defensive perspective, right? I think Florida has Florida State has Fentral Cyprus at cornerback who transferred over from Virginia. You know, he's a long limbed guy with good ball skills, not the most fluid, right? So I think the league neighbors could have the edge there. Uh, but on the other side too, Florida State has two of the most physically dominating wide receivers in college football with Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Uh, Johnny Wilson I recently graded recently evaluated he's an early to mid day two guy on my board but six foot seven 237 super explosive too. I mean the way that he can just suddenly accelerate and expand his strides and attack space is really really something to behold and then Keon Coleman in my opinion could be a, a first round receiver you know I think he's one of the more complete guys at his size that we've seen six four Uh, You know, he's got phenomenal catching instincts and hand strength, and he's got really good rack ability too. But I was really impressed with his ability to, you know, use his foot speed and targeted physicality in tandem to separate on releases and at stems. He's really bendy, really flexible. Uh, So I think he's one of the more underrated three level threats. And I don't think Jordan Travis had a target like him last year. So going again, going up against those LSU corners, Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, uh, Zia Alexander transferring over from, I believe, southeastern Louisiana. Zai Alexander has the athleticism, six foot two. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how he matches up. This is going to be a big trial by fire in his first game uh, at the power five level. So we'll see what happens. But the, the bottom line is there's talent on both sides of the ball. So maybe the the difference could be which quarterback plays better, right? So in that scenario you know we obviously have Travis ranked higher. I'm a big fan of Travis, you know, I don't think he has great arm strength. It's above average at best to me, but again, a very mechanically sound quarterback with good decision making, good discretion, and again, that hyper elite athleticism is really a bedrock foundational aspect of his game. Jaden Daniels a very good creator. Again, I don't know if the arm, you know, the arm is around that area, right? Above average but not elite, we've said. I think Travis is a little more elastic, a little bit smoother and cleaner off script, uh off platform as well. So That could be the difference. We'll see what happens. But bottom line, it's going to be a fun one. There's talent on both sides of the ball. We could go on for hours and hours. Uh, But again, I think the the main summation is just going to be you can't look away. It's a must-watch matchup.
0: Yes, absolutely. I I think the one matchup that you didn't get into here that I might be most excited about is Florida State running back Trey Benson against LSU linebacker Omar Spates. And mostly because of the type of player that Omar Spates is. He's a guy who wants to come downhill. He wants to punch you in the mouth. He is a fantastic blitzer, and I'm really excited to see how LSU uses him in that way because we haven't seen a lot uh, of the linebacker blitzing from the LSU Tigers. They've always had those, you know, outside linebacker types who are able to rush the passer. Uh, I think that he could be a lot of fun in this LSU defense, and, and um, in my. In our mock draft that uh came out, I, I had him going to the New England Patriots just because it seems like a perfect fit. You know, two hundred and six foot, six foot one, two hundred and thirty pounds, really stocky, goes downhill, punches people in the mouth. That that kind of reminds me of a, a New England Patriots linebacker. That's kind of what I'm circling. Another name just to bring up that I'm excited about um is Florida State tight end Jaheem Bell. Uh, transfer from South Carolina somebody who I obviously didn't study in depth because he transferred out of my conference but somebody who when I was watching South Carolina made a couple of really really big plays and I loved what I saw from him athletically he's a big dude I actually thought that he was a wide receiver at first mm-hmm. when I first saw him they had him aligned out out left And he stacked a a cornerback and legitimately just beat him down the field. And this was against an SEC opponent. Uh, So somebody that I'm really excited about seeing in this matchup particularly. Um, And then for me. The overarching
1: versatility that comes from his addition too, right? Like Florida State. Mm -hmm. We mentioned, dude.
0: Look at all that size. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And here's the
1: thing, too: Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Not only are they both really appealing receiver prospects, they're two of the the most physically dominating and most aggressive blockers that I've seen on tape so far. Mm-hmm. So you could literally line up. You know, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson next to each other in stacked alignments and Jaheem Bell behind them and design bubble screens. Right. And just let them go to town on defensive backs and just let Jaheem mm-hmm. Bell run behind them. He's six foot three, 230 pound bowling ball with elite explosiveness. I mean, that's uh, that's very hard to stop. So they have so many weapons. I'm just I'm more than anything. I'm fascinated to see how they put it all together. And LSU's yes. defense is a big test for them.
0: Yeah, Florida State. I mean, they're they're built like the monstars. Yeah. That's that's what they remind me of. They're just unbelievably large. Um, uh, but we are going to move on from and and obviously we just want to watch Malik Neighbors yeah. punch a couple of cornerbacks <laughs> in the mouth exactly. because that's what he does. It's so much fun to watch him. He's so physical for especially for his size, because I mean he's listed at what? 200 202 pounds he's listed at 200 i I don't even think he's that big i think he
1: played around 195 last year but he plays well beyond that size i mean one he's a guy who wants all the smoke he's very proactive Mm -hmm. with his physicality too he attacks you in those contact situations and then on top of that too the explosiveness to stat guys that twitch the lateral agility the elite body control and contortion ability i mean we talk about three level threats between him and keon coleman this 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 one game might have two of the best most exciting three level threats in the 2024 NFL draft
0: yeah moving on to the monday night game we have clemson versus duke we're making good and time man I'm, i don't want to knock on wood like holy my goodness. i just realized this as well this is a monday night game so we could have talked about this on monday but we're going to do a, a review of what we watched over the weekend um, and we will just preview this game now. We have Duke quarterback Riley Leonard. That's obviously, the, the I think, the biggest name to look at. He's somebody who has really kind of emerged as one of these top five guys or top five potential guys uh, in the 2024 NFL draft, going against what many people believe to be the top two linebackers in college football, and Andrew McCuba, who you have as the top safety in college football. Talk about this Clemson defense, because I have watched enough to have a general idea of them, but you have gone in depth with these guys.
1: Yeah, and my ranking of Makuba is particularly high. You know, you've seen guys like Cameron Kitchens from Miami also in that safety one conversation. And I think he's a very viable safety one candidate. Makuba definitely needs to, you know, there's a few things that he still needs to show, right? I think the playmaking ability, the, you know, coordination at the catch point and really playing through the catch point and tracking the ball. Uh, precisely something he can improve upon, um, you know, and there's times where he he blankets his guy through the rep, but just doesn't quite maintain proper leverage at the catch point too. So catch point leverage, you know, you can get a little stronger with his frame. I've heard he's gotten bigger this off season. So that's exciting. He was around 5'11", 185 last year. So, you know, a little bit leaner, but, you know, he's, to me, uh, coverage mobility, right? It's kind of a general broad term, but it's so important. And there's so many things that go into it you know, having the, the free flowing elasticity and fluidity to transition freely in, in space and channel acceleration seamlessly through those transitions. And he is one of the most elastic free flowing athletes that I've watched. I mean, the hyperactive foot speed, the twitch, uh, the agility and fluidity and just the bend to be able to match guys in space without any delays at all it is very impressive to me. And I think that, you know, that elite, that hyper elite coverage mobility is such a strong foundational element of his game then I'm really excited to see how we can build off of that because what it gives you is just all encompassing versatility. I mean, this is a guy who can line up in the slot and off man and, and match guys at stems. This is a guy who can play single high and he's got phenomenal range and explosiveness in space too. He can play too high. He's even physical enough. You know, he shows more physicality than his frame would suggest. And I think he can come downhill and and support as well and run in, in run defense. So Makuba to me, Uh, You know, I think the athleticism, the coverage, mobility, that foundation and the versatility that he provides is very exciting. And you look at that Clemson defense, you know, the first two names that I mentioned when going up against Riley Leonard was him and Barrett Carter, because Barrett Carter, uh, linebacker, 6'1", 225, another guy who was incredibly versatile, explosive just hyperactive twitch at the second level, but he's also incredibly explosive. You know, he can provide value as a pass rusher with his bend and athleticism and just his aggression too. But then he's very good at tracking runs laterally. He's good at swimming through gaps and and second level blocks. He's really good at, you know, playing overhang slot and and just blanketing tight ends and coverage too. So, you know, you're looking at a bunch of freak athletes with freaky versatility in that Clemson defense. And that's the scary thing for, you know, a young quarterback with like Riley Leonard is that they can give you a bunch of different looks, right? So much versatility, you know, so many opportunities to disguise, right? And, you know, create different mismatches. So, you know, that's going to be tough for Riley Liner because I think you've got these athletes And Clemson is so good at mixing things up. And then on the boundary, too, Nate Wiggins is a a corner who's incredibly productive when you give him chances at the catch point. He's got great eye discipline, uh, very good ball skills, uh, very smooth athleticism for his size, too. So, you know, this is a defense that's got a ton of talent, a ton of inner, you know, overlapping, interchangeable pieces uh, that can confuse quarterbacks. So I think for Riley Leonard, the biggest thing is going to be maintaining discipline and maintaining patience with this defense, right? You know, kind of understanding what he's seeing. I think one of the biggest things that Riley Leonard showed for me is that he can still improve his mechanics and his mechanical discipline when he's undergoing adversity in the pocket, right? So, you know, that to me is going to be the biggest thing I want to see from him against this defense is maintaining that composure, just staying patient, staying cool, calm, and collected, but also taking what they give you and not overthinking things because this kind of defense with this many versatile pieces, that's exactly what they're built to do. So I'm excited to see what he can do against this defense because they've got pretty good receivers at Duke, actually. Jalen Calhoun... Uh, is a is a good slot receiver, good utility slot receiver. Uh, Jordan Moore, former quarterback, who's got pretty smooth athleticism for his size. Um, Eli Penkel, a, a big body guy who can generate some big plays. So they're going to give him a test. But I think that versatility, uh, that you know interchangeability is going to kind of put D- Duke's offense in a bind at times. And it's going to be up to, to Leonard to get them out of it.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that I look at when... I look at this matchup in particular, especially when it comes to Riley Leonard is that when I look at all the defenses, you know, especially because I, I covered the sec, the sec defenses are always ridiculous, but I think Clemson's defense from front to back might be the most complete in the entire nation. And it's because of their ability to have guys at all three levels to have two linebackers that talented on the same roster is I think less important at the NFL level than it is at the college football level. And I think when you look at guys, Xavier Thomas, he's, he's been there for what? 75 years at this Mm -hmm. point, Uh, Tyler Davis been there forever. You look at Rook been there forever. Like these guys are really talented. First of all, yeah and really, really experienced. Yeah, that's an important thing
1: to note too, is that they're not they're not here because they can't move to the NFL. Ruke would have been an early round pick had he declared last year. You know, Tyler Davis could have been, he's got some injury concerns, but aside from that has early round talent. These are guys who are explosive, physical, versatile, and they play off of each other very well. Like Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at the second level, Barrett Carter is kind of that guy who can do kind of do everything that chess piece. And then Jeremiah Trotter does a lot of the traditional linebacker things very well when it comes to combating blocks, sidestepping blocks, maintaining gap discipline, you know, kind of covering space and coverage too. like, you know, these guys play off of each other so well, they got that chemistry to go along with that talent. Uh, That's a dangerous combination for opposing offenses.
0: Yes, it is. And I mean, let's talk about that defensive line because. Duke has a very, very good offensive lineman in Graham Barton, somebody who plays left tackle for them. You think that he's going to be more of a guard at the next level, correct?
1: Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because I don't think he can't succeed at tackle. That's one thing I little, want to know.
0: Little Peter Skaronsky
1: with him? No, no, not maybe a, a tiny bit. I think here's the thing with Graham Barton. It's not that I don't think he can succeed at tackle. I think he, he very well could uh, because he is a phenomenal athlete. I mean, that's one thing that really stands out with him. Great flexibility on his kick, but also really good corrective foot speed. Uh, really good explosiveness, too. Um, he's got a frame. You know, he's got uh, 6'5", I want to say over 310, uh, near 320. So really good NFL frame with great density, uh, but really well put together too. Not a lot of bad weight. Uh, So phenomenal athlete, phenomenal frame, just not great length. And that's not the reason I'm moving him to guard because I do think at the end of the day, he does have the, you know, independent hand usage to counteract that. That's one thing I look at. You know, if you don't have great length, can you at least counteract it with good hand usage? And I think he can, but you see him blocking on the move right you see him attacking defenders his leg drive can be absolutely dominating because he's such an energized athlete for his size 65 320 coming at you with that pace and that energy you know he can just steamroll defenders out of lanes. so you know i think of him as a pulling blocker at guard right i think you can do so many different things with him if you move him inside you can just plow open lanes Uh, And I think there's a lot of potential there. So, you know, it's not just about, you know, that I don't think he can succeed at tackle. It's thinking about how good of a guard he can be with his flexibility, the energized athleticism, and just the dominating physicality too. So either way, though, tackle or guard, wherever you want to put him, Uh, he's one of the better offensive linemen in this class, grades in the round one range for me at the guard position. Uh, And I just think, you know, looking at him against this defensive line, whether he goes against Xavier Thomas or whoever else they have, uh, that combative hand usage, that reactive athleticism, it's going to be a lot for them to deal with.
0: That's all we got for the big matchups. We're going to hit quickly on some of the miscellaneous week one prospect matchups. And I think we start off with, we just want to see more of Jeff Sims and Nebraska, right? Like that's, that's, that's it. <laughs>
1: Honestly, man. I mean, it's, he's such an interesting prospect because he's got the talent for it. You definitely see that. Um, and in the spring game, this, this past spring showed, Good improvement, right? You never want to commit to any statements off the spring game. It's just a spring game, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete. Again, really, really natural creator. Uh, really good mobility. Uh, crisp release. Really crisp, uh, fast release, too. So, he gets the ball out quick. Good arm strength. So, you know, has all the physical t- tools that you want, right? It's just getting that support. He's never had that support, that stability. And he has that now in Nebraska. So, I think uh, it's going to be fun for him to see, to see him in that support system, but also, Going up against the defense at Minnesota that has a few NFL prospects. Justin Wally is a productive corner with good ball skills who could challenge Jeff Sims if he tries to test those tight windows. But then Tyler Newbin, too, has some early round grades already. Six foot two, 205, really versatile, really well put together, well rounded safety prospect who can manage those zones, can play in support. And, you know, if you test him again, he's another, he's another guy who's got the eye discipline, the zone awareness and the route recognition ability to swoop in front passes and make plays. So a big test for Sims. We, we use that word a lot, a big test. This is, this is because this is the first time we're seeing these prospects in 2023 action. So that first impression, you know, it's it's going to bear some weight and they'll kind of guide us and, and, and tell us what else we need to see as the year progresses.
0: And I've always been a big fan of watching Minnesota's defense, just in general, how they operate. So yeah. I'm excited about this once I do get the tape for it. This is one of the first ones that I'm going to actually sit down and watch, because even though it's not in the SEC, just because it's a defense that I really like to watch and a quarterback that I'm very interested in going forward. The next one we got here, Illinois wide receiver Isaiah Williams and Pat Bryant versus Toledo cornerback quinion mitchell yes sir i don't know anything about any of these guys so let me know
1: real quick yeah i'll just i'll just i'll go fast pat bryant a really good size speed vertical threat who could i think elevate his game this year with illinois offense illinois has a phenomenal offensive line that's one thing we need to mention so luke altmeyer expected to play quarterback behind that offensive line the passing game could see an uptick because they have the production they have the protection. And Isaiah Williams, too. He's a human joystick. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, The change of direction, the agility with him is absolutely absurd. Very good rack threat, but has that, you know, that that athleticism is conducive to separation, too. And then on the other side, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo had five interceptions, 19 pass deflections last year. Uh, Just an absolute ball hawk. Six foot, 200 pounds. He's reportedly has 4'3 speed, which it shows up on tape. His recovery speed, his ability to swoop in front of passes is unreal. Um, more of a zone guy right now with that with that recovery speed but I do think he has the physicality and the foot speed to potentially translate in man coverage so hoping we see more of that from him but he's one of those group of five guys who could be uh, maybe the highest group of five players selected one of the highest I think he has early round potential for
0: sure. Nice and then on the other side of the ball just quickly for Illinois just just guys. Guys, watch watch Tavian Nicholson, <laughs> Tavion Mitchell, and, and obviously Nicholson. Jerzon obviously, Newton, Jerzon uh, Newton Seth as Cole well. Newton, but Keith Randolph, but Newton, Nick, they've got a ton. Nicholson, I think I, I, that defense was so much fun to watch yeah. last year. There was so much ridiculous talent in that secondary, and then there was obviously Newton on the front end there. Uh, but this is kind of the forgotten man in the secondary because he didn't go on to the NFL. I don't think he's going to get tested very much this year. But you yeah. guys should definitely check him out during this game as well. Troy wide receiver, Damon Stodemeyer. Listen, is Stodemeyer like, completely aside, Stoudemire yeah, is one of the best names of all time. Like I mm-hmm. whenever I hear Amari Stodemeyer, it's such a cool, like athletic name overall. Damon I, I is actually
1: him. his cousin, I believe, too.
0: Oh, is he really? Yeah, I, it came up oh, in, that's my, cool. in,
1: in my Sunbelt previews. So I was, I was yeah. that was actually Damon Stodemeyer came up, but he's a guy who... If I remember correctly, 6'2", around 200 pounds. So he's got a lean, long frame, but he's also got what I noticed on his tape, Damien Sotomayor from Troy. uh, He's got impressive route running building blocks. He's a guy who can use throttle control, throttle manipulation, hip sync. He's got all of that ability at 6'2". Something to watch. I think he's a guy who could potentially... Uh, catch some eyes with that. And then on the other side, Jeremiah Walker from S- Stephen A. Austin is a guy who's been very productive on the ball for a long time. Another guy who's around 6'1", 6'2", uh, very athletic, very explosive, closing on the ball. And he's got the ball skills to make m- you know make conversions happen at the catch point. So, again, just two guys kind of in that small school mix who are going up against each other and could be a statement for either one of them.
0: And then we have Penn State offensive tackle Olu Fashanu. Versus West Virginia defensive lineman, Sean Martin and Jared Bartlett. When we talked about the top non-quarterbacks in the NFL draft, Olu was one of them. Um, Getting that good first impression in his, what we assume to be his final college season. Because Mm -hmm. everybody has like seven years of eligibility at this point uh, after the the COVID year. So it's, it's tough to actually keep track of how long these guys will play for. But like we talked about before, this is somebody who would have probably been tackle one last year and is going to, for all intents and purposes, probably be the offensive tackle one this year as well. What do we have in Sean Martin and Jared Bartlett?
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll for sure is would have been my OT one last year. I mean, we talked about it in the podcast, but the combined athleticism and then the the refinement for his age is, yes. is really impressive. No one else has that. So Oldu is definitely a blue chip OT prospect in potential in contention to be a top five, top ten pick on the other side of the ball. You've got Sean Martin, uh, six foot five, around two ninety. So one of those alignment, we've seen Dante Stills come from West Virginia this past cycle. Uh, Akeem Mezador was at West Virginia before he transferred to Miami. So West Virginia loves those alignment versatile tweeners who kind of have that size and that power uh, to rush in, inside, but also the athleticism to go outside. And Sean Martin, to me, is the next guy in that mold. So very interested to watch him because you get him outside against Oldu. That's a really appealing power profile. And he could maybe get Olu off balance if he can get proper contact. So excited to see what Sean Martin can do against this not just this entire offensive line, not just Olu. Definitely Olu the headliner, but Penn State's offensive line is always good. And then Jared Bartlett uh, is another guy who's very much in the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, six foot five, 290, Sean Martin. Bartlett is more of a rush linebacker, around 6'1", 230, 240 at, at, at the most, right? But he's a guy who's very explosive and flashes really good bend and really good pass rushing ability utility with his hands uh, multitasking around the edge uh, to kind of pry through to kind of peel through so using that speed and that bend uh, and just aggression too. He's versatile he's a very high motor defender uh, so could maybe get a step on guys if if he gets a free rush so two guys who have contrasting styles uh, and play styles, but you know could potentially give Penn State trouble uh, depending on the alignment versatility and how they're used.
0: I have one more thing to say before we get out of here. Besides the excitement that I have of over week one of college football. Um, two guys I want to see more from this year. First one. Both are Big Ten guys, by the <laughs> way. The first one, Ohio State Edge, JT, Tui Malau. Tui, Tui Malau. Is it? That was
1: close. That was close enough.
0: Tui Malau. Tui Malau.
1: I, I say Tui Malau. That's how I it. Tui how Molau. I Yeah.
0: JT Tui Molau and Penn State Edge Chop Robinson. Two guys I need to see more of this coming year for me to buy into them as the top end prospects that we believe they could be. So that's where I'm going to end this. That journey is going to start in week one of the college football season. I'm so excited to follow this along for 15 full weeks of college football. But until Monday when we are back, Hope you guys all enjoy it and always understand that I love you. Goodbye.